0: from the hills reconfigure your life change your heart and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be welcome to the Hills Church let us pray first of all thank you Lord God Holy Spirit welcome you we ask you to walk in our hearts speak your truth over us speak your words of life Speak your hope into our spirits. Take us past this place where we are right now. Heal us. Raise us up. build us by your mighty power, for we depend on you, take us on an epic journey, something that we've never seen before, show our hearts hope, we may be anchored in you, we long for power, we long for truth. here speak over us oh God speak through me get me out of the way and speak your own words let the words I speak be the very words you will say to each of us today let life flow out because you're here in the room someone pray this morning and say Lord come to the place where I am Yeah your majesty show your power in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah Do figs don't blossom sometimes when life makes no sense Let's back up to the book of ephesians and what god says we are you read the book of ephesians chapter one verse three begins to say we are blessed thanks be to god who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ that means that we are all blessed already we're not going to be blessed we are blessed already say i am blessed that means that we are blessed Verse 3 says, Verse 4 says, We are chosen. Verse 5 says, We are adopted. Verse 6 says, We are accepted. Verse 7 says, We have a promised redemption. Verse 8 says, We have the wisdom and the virtue. And it goes down all the way through the book of Ephesians chapter 1, what God has given to us already. You are blessed. You are chosen. You are loved. But sometimes this is not what we see in our lives. Despite everything that God says he has provided for us, we see the opposite of this. It doesn't look like we're blessed. We're blessed in some ways, but in some ways we're going around challenges. We're skirting around many difficulties. We are coming across obstacles that don't look like what God says we are. And these things generate questions in us. If we are blessed, then where is the money? If we are chosen, why does it look like we have to fight to be chosen? If we are adopted, why do we look like we're alone sometimes in the world? If we are accepted why do people reject us if we have redemption then why do we keep falling back into sin if we have wisdom and virtue how come we make so many mistakes so it's actually not the fact that whatever god has promised is not even the fact of our own human experience like we're trying to do something big by ourselves even the promises of god seem to fall in our lives and that's what Habakkuk was doing. If you read the book of Habakkuk, that's all that is all about. The man, a prophet rose up and God began to show him there is distress in the land. There's trouble everywhere. Things are not working and Habakkuk begins to pray and pray and pray and the more he prayed, it seems like it wasn't changing. It wasn't changing, things were not different. And Habakkuk began to ask God, why? So let's read this scripture. Then at the end of the journey, this was his summation. So let's read this together, what he said at the end of the day. One, two, go. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, and fields yield no fruit. Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no head in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. So, If you take a look at the things that he was talking about, it says, the fig tree may not blossom. That is what? An agricultural economy. Nor fruit be on the vines. So fig tree refers to a particular kind of fruit. Vines refers to vines. What are vines? What grows on vines? Grapes. Do you understand? Then... Though the labor of the olive, what does that refer to? Oil. So if you see, this is food. This is wine. And this is oil that anoints. You see, he's talking about different things. And the fields yield no food. Though the flock may be cut up from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, So he was talking about animal life as well so when when our flocks cut off have you ever seen an agricultural farm we may not have been witness to a cow or sheep how many of you have seen a poultry like they have thousands of chickens right i've been to some of those poultry and there a particular time when a disease comes through the poultry how many of you have ever seen that and hundreds of those birds wake up in the morning and hundreds die. That's what he was talking about. We may not understand it, but do you know this actually talking about us in another kind of way? So when you read it, you'll be thinking agriculture, but that's what the economy of the man of the time was. For us, it's not agriculture then. What he's talking about is the reality of what's happening to us today. And when you read the Bible, bring it into your context. If you bring these figs, these animals, these things he's talking about into today, it will mean what? The contract fell apart. You were chasing a contract and we've all been there. They pay you 50% mobilization, you go and spend 60% trying to finish the deal. You work so hard. You get the job because if somebody paid 50%, he certainly cannot pull back. Try Nigeria. (laughs) You understand? In the end, they will not, they will actually demand the 50% they paid in addition to the fact that they refuse to continue. And you know, our judicial system. So the contract falls apart. And sometimes, you've been in love before. Right? Been in love. Have a great relationship. The relationship is going well. You know. And for no just reason. It's a breakup. Why? Why? Why is there a breakup? Uh, People who enter into trauma, part of it is the loss of a loved one. I cannot say the number of my friends who said my mom was sick with cancer and she was all I had. And we prayed and prayed and she still passed away. Like, couldn't God just hold it? At least I'm saying, like, God, like, please. You understand? And that thing takes away the hearts of people. People say, it's so lonely to be alone. But the most lonely thing ever is to be in a marriage where you are still alone in the marriage. And many people go through this journey where the marriage is a sham. It's not really a marriage. As a counselor, I am very familiar with the pain of brokenness in marriage. It's like so much water has gone under the bridge. You look at yourself, you're not as young as you used to be. Do you understand? I told the story once of a wife who used to beat up her husband. Time she give him a slap. Zap! You stole my youth, she will cry. What does that mean? Many of us will not understand. Maybe she was young feet like a tack contemporary and she packed all her dreams behind the guy and the guy made a mess of her life and her, her old age is full of regret and she wants to just extort it out of that man. Every time she slaps the man, the man shakes his head and puts his face down. Good man. You guys get it? Like the marriage is a sham. Is nothing as painful as a marriage that doesn't work. I remember one day sitting we're sitting with someone who was going through stuff in her office. This is years ago, and she said to me, Why can't I go? Doesn't God want me to be happy? Doesn't God want me to be happy? Why can't I just go? I remember her pains, like I remember it clearly. And it was so painful. Do you understand? I finished preaching one day, and a lady came to me and said to me, and I said to like her, like I was preaching, I said, God hates divorce. And the lady said to me, Pastor, you don't understand. I live in Reality Street. My husband, this guy you see is a mean man. He wants to kill me. So I had to separate from him. I know God hates divorce, but I had to get my life back. And for some of us, it's not even marriage, it's not pain, it's just a fact of directionlessness. When you look at your life last year, this year, you know, you have what everybody thinks you should have, you know what everybody thinks you should know. But you're wondering what does the future hold? Is there anything else out there for me? Is there hope for me? Is there life for me? And this was where Habakkuk came through and that's the point where he arrived and said, God, what's going on? How long will I cry? And you will not answer. How long will I be waiting on you? How long will I wait for direction? And God, God, began to speak to him. Hallelujah. I want us to back up today, prophecy about Jesus Christ in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. It's another man who lived in pain, who walked and was familiar with suffering, who was declared as the forebear of pain. And brokenness, the man Jesus Christ. I want to compare our lives to the life of Jesus Christ because he is the perfect sacrifice. And here is what Isaiah had to say about him. Let's read together. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep is silent before his sharers. He did not open his mouth. Let me explain this. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Treated harshly is an understatement to how he was treated, right? Was he just treated harshly? He was beaten. And So many of you watch the movie The Passion of the Christ. That movie is actually close to the original as much as possible as to the reality of what happened. The stripes they used to beat him had nails on them. And when they swiped it around him, it it was swung around him, and when they pulled, some flesh came out along with it. So when he was when he was done with, he was goried in every way. He was not a sight that was good to behold. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and like a sheep before the sharers. How many of you know what a sheep sharer is? Like when they make wool. For your jackets, for your not this kind of jackets, like the winter, those heavy jackets. You know, and the fabric. So they go and take a sheep through a place and then shave off because the sheep grows full. They shave it up. And that's how Jesus has led like a sheep before his shares. Open not his mouth. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in the rich man's grave. Okay. It's oxymoron. He was buried like a criminal. Even though he was put in the rich man's grave. But he was still buried. Killed like a criminal. The crucifixion on the cross. Was the Roman way for executing. Their worst criminals. You understand. Jesus was buried. Like a criminal. He was buried. Like he was killed like a criminal. Verse 10 says, Let's read this together. One two, go. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him to grieve. You guys see that in the Bible? It was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him to grieve. God was very happy to crush him. God was very pleased to allow his son to go through this. Why? The, the second part of it say explain. Let's read this together. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Every time you see reproach every time you see difficulty, every time you see a problem in your life, every time you see issues that are not issues of sin, not issues of your own personal failure, not issues or not problems that you brought out by your brought upon yourself. Every time you see issues in your life, could it be that it wasn't for you? That God is outworking something through the difficulty. We're not saying that God brings pain, but we say pain happens in a fallen world. But God doesn't waste pain. God doesn't waste brokenness. God doesn't waste challenges. God doesn't waste the troubles we go through. All of these things we go through happen for a reason. And what is that reason? In the case of Jesus Christ, we see three reasons here. When his life was made an offering for sin, number one reason, well, that's not the reason. His life was made an offering. That's the act. His life was made, what? An offering for sin. He became a sacrifice for sin. And then when that happens, look at the outcome. Number one, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy long life. And the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Long life, you have many descendants. And today we can see the descendants, can't we? We can see believers out of, out of, out of 7.5 billion people in the world, at least 3 billion call themselves believers in Jesus Christ. Does that mean he has many descendants or not? Because okay, so I can you imagine like the pain wasn't a waste after all. And guess what God still has in mind? that every person under the earth, he says all the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So pain was not wasted. Pain was a tool to bring forth descendants unto God. Number two, he will enjoy long life. Every time you go through trouble, you are thinking your life is cut short, but actually, God is elongating your life. His life was cut short in 33, but God gave him eternal life, that he never dies again. He lives forever. God brings a timelessness out of the people who have gone through the crucible, God brings a larger than life image out of people who have gone through trouble. You know, like, How many of you think about Nelson Mandela as if he's next door sometimes? Do you you understand? By his 27 years in Robben Island, that man extended his life and extended his reach beyond where people could think. His name is known globally. Why? He was made an offering for his nation. Do you understand? And then the final one, the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. The Lord's good plan will prosper in your hands. Say that to someone else. The Lord's good plan will prosper in your hands. Oh, so powerful that when you go through stuff, God has a plan. And the plan of God works in the through the journey of pain and brokenness. We may not understand this. When you're young, you may not understand this. I can't even preach this message in a young church, in a teenage church, in a a youth church, because they don't understand the concept of pain. That pain is not evil. That pain is actually like in a chapter I wrote in my book, which I've been writing for four years, by the way. (laughs) In the chapter, there's a chapter on pain and suicides what drives someone to the point of suicide in that chapter i began to speak about pain as a warning stimuli in the body pain without pain you know you walk through fire you won't know when you have pain the pain from that day your your central nervous system is what conducts pain so it's like a uh, It's like an electrification of your body, like the electricity around your body. And anywhere you touch pain, what happens is to tell your brain that there is what? Trouble. So when you have an injury in your body, guess what? Signals are moving from that injury all the way to your brain all the time. Have you ever had a cut? First of all, you had like a very bad cut, like a knife cutting you. And the first two minutes, you felt nothing. The message hasn't reached the brain yet. The next time, the whole body will send antibodies to go and fight that place to make sure it gets well. You know that's what most of medicine is? Most of medicine is actually not actually uh, anything. It's just introduced just introduced aggression. So, it, it, so like if you want to have malaria, the, the anti-malaria vaccination, guess what it is? is actually to introduce plasmodium into your body. Introduce malaria into your body. Then your white blood cells rise up to fight. Do you know that polio vaccine is actually to introduce a little polio into your body? Then they activate the enzymes. So actually, many of these medicines you drink are actually not medicines. They are actually the disease. Oh, you didn't know that? They introduce a disease into your body and your body rises up to what? Fight. Pain is that disease that causes your body to rise up and fight. Meanwhile, we all see pain as something evil when we see disappointment as something, do you know that many people will not be who they are today were it not for one disappointment that happened or another. One brokenness, once somebody did something to them and they made a pledge like, I'm, I'm never going to be in this situation again. And they rose up and fought against the tide. That something will happen and then that thing will become a stimuli to raise you up and to build you up. Thank you, sir. Do you guys get it? God wants you to know that he, did it. he is not a masochist, he's not a destroyer, he's not someone who wants to hurt. Even though the Bible says it pleased him to bring that pain, but there was essence, there's purpose in the pain. There's purpose in your trouble, there's purpose in everything you go through. When things don't line up, there is a reason. There is a purpose and There is an activation God wants to bring about. That pain is not just about you. It's about what God wants to do through your life. We see clearly in the case of Jesus Christ that God made these things happen in his life. Amen. So if you look inside, if you close your eyes for a minute and you look inside where are the figs that don't blossom in you where are the issues that burn inside of you you may not have a marital problem but you may have a business problem you may not have a business problem but you may have a sickness in your body. We all go through injury. We all pray and it seems like God is far away. What is God using all of this for? Pray over yourself. Ooh, I am the lord that healeth you I am the lord your healer I sent my word and heal your disease You are the Lord that heals me. oh God and pour your healing water and pour your grace will you look into our souls oh God and see where we are and see the challenge of our lives and see the burdens we bear and see the sickness that break us down and see the things we pray to you over and over and over again and they seem intractable Will you look at us, oh God, and cause your healing rain to flow? Will your grace rise up again in another time? Will you look at us beyond the pain, oh God, and give us an anchor, oh God, in this time? Give us an anchor, an anchor of faith, an anchor of hope, oh God. In you, thank you, Lord God. I yield myself to you. Oh. will have me tell you this morning that he loves you and is there on that journey with you. Say amen. Say he's touching you with his healing oil. He will not waste the pain. The pain inside you is a pain that he's going to use to work. This pain is fuel. It's fuel for something. And he wants to stir you up to carry more than what you're carrying in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once I told you guys this story, the last I think it was the last two times I traveled to Joss. I was going to Joss, then I had to Tonsillitis. Tonsillitis was so painful, and I think I had been abusing augmentin So, you know, like I'll have tonsillitis, I'll take augmentine, and then once I get better, you know, you're supposed to take the full dosage, two packs of seven. And those drugs, it's just so nasty when you wee you smell it when you eat when you belch you smell it so after three days one in the morning one day and after three days i'm like i'm good <laughs> <laughs> i'm good like bye <laughs> this particular time i was ill and then as usual this stomach is heavy comes and I went and got augmentin. I finished the whole dosage this time, and it didn't work. And I had just arrived just. So all night, I was writhing in pain. You know the kind of pain that starts from the crown of your head, the sole of your feet. I'd never remembered any pain that was so bad. And this was something that happened where? On my neck. light is actually just your vocal cord inflamed. Just a little extension beyond your vocal cord inflamed. That's what it is. Just like a boil, a little boil. This thing was grabbing my head. I felt like I'm going to die. So I called my brother who is a doctor at 1 (laughs) a.m. John! What's going on? Can you give me something? It's like what? like I was shouting at night. Imagine that kind of phone call at 1 a.m. I couldn't wait until morning. I was drinking hot water, drinking cold water, trying. The pain was just So I went and said like God, but I'm a pastor, Lord. Lord, remember I'm a pastor. I preach for you. I'm your guy. I'll fight any battle you want me to fight. Like, Lord, like, heal me now. And God says, hold the pain. Hold it in your bosom. I say, why? He say, you need compassion. So I, I could heal you, but I won't heal you. You need empathy. You need to know what it's like for people who live with the pain of cancer. And they can't get out because sometimes as Christians, we undermine people's pain. And God told me, remember, this is what it looks like to have a migraine that doesn't live. Remember that. This is what it's like to have a disease you cannot break out from. Hold this pain. This pain is not for you. It's a lesson for you to understand for you to receive empathy. Could it be that some of the things we're going through is not for us? God just wants us to feel. God just wants us to, to bear the burdens of others. God just wants to pour empathy into our hearts and help us to be more in touch with the feeling of other people's infirmities and failings. Amen. Do you know where fuel comes from? petroleum that we use do you know where it comes from it's called fossil fuels what does fossil mean dead animals so can you imagine the, the animals of the neopaleotic age under the ground with rock sedimentations with weights and pressure on them actually makes petroleum that we use Death and pain and weight is what we get as fuel and we're burning as petroleum to run our cars. Can I tell you something? Pain is energy. Pain is not weakness. Pain is what? Energy. When you go through pain, God wants you to have spunk when you're counseling someone else. God wants you to have a verve on your inside when you are holding someone who is hurting. God wants you to feel when you are carrying someone else who is going through stuff. God wants you to know. God wants you to be like, I have been in a place when I hugged someone and like I understood what the person was going through. God never wants to have casual ministers again. God never wants to have people who preach words that don't mean anything to them again. God never wants to have people who come and tell you, the Bible says in the book of this chapter this, and this is what you're supposed to do again. God doesn't want those kind of ministers again. God wants daughters who understand what it means to stay without anything and to hold other people's hands through it. God doesn't want you to waste your aim. Don't waste your pain that pain is not just for you that brokenness is not just for you that stuff you're going through when figs don't blossom when the job doesn't go through when the contract die when the marriage is not working it's not all just about you Tell that to someone. It's not just about you. Preach that to someone else. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. God wants to generate, say to them, God wants to generate compassion, energy, fuel in you. God wants to generate something bigger than yourself. God wants you to make you feel to know how He feels. God wants you to know how to heal. As a church, we've been called into the healing ministry. God is calling us healers. And in the place where you have healers, one of the things you will know is experiential healers. God doesn't want casual talkers, people who look down on your pain and just talk casually through it. God wants you to be a healer. Could it be that all you're going through is because God wants you in your soul to be healed and then you can now turn around and heal others and raise up the broken. In that kind of case, guess what you see? You see meaning. You see purpose in what you go through. You see essence. You see power in your journey. You are a healer. You are a restorer of hurting people. You are the one who knows rejection and you can offer people a sense of belonging. You are the one who knows how not to have so you can share your bread to the broken. You are the one who knows what it's like to be in pain. So you can tarry long with people who are going through stuff. Amen. So what do we do? When we go through this kind of stuff, what do we do? I thought that you will be sad and angry a little bit at God. But that's not actually the right approach. It's amazing how God has another approach in his mind. And I'm going to round up here, like right here now. But I want your attention for this. God wants to offer you something that you're going to have as you go through pain. God wants to offer you hope. God wants to offer you joy. God wants to offer you something that stays as you go through stuff. Three things he wants to offer you. Number one, joy joy is born out of a sense of steadiness what we go through paul says our light affliction walks inside of us an eternal weight of glory i've ever seen people who are flighty i've ever seen people who are light i've ever seen people who make a joke out of everything they don't understand the gravity of issues Joy is actually not about smiley, smiley. Joy is the fact that everything is still not okay, but you have grace. You have stay power. You have a steadiness. You have that capacity from the inside to stand. That everything is not okay, but you have a resilience on the inside. God wants to offer you faith. Like the video where the man said, Trust God. Always called us to trust Him. Can you imagine what God was telling, telling uh, Habakkuk? Write the vision down. Habakkuk is saying, "Oh God, nothing is happening." God says, "Write the vision down." God is not rushing to do it. Say, "Write the vision down. Do it, Taris. Wait for it." What does that mean? It means that God is not going to do it at that time. Do you guys get this? Why God sometimes delays is not the reason we understand. But God wants us to have faith. God wants us to know that he loves us. God wants us to understand his power. But the last point I want to make today is power tensioning. Say power tensioning. How do you train for Power. How do you train for muscles, weights, you carry dumbbells, can you believe that most of the struggles we go through are actually dumbbells or exercise? God wants to build your muscles. Many of the challenges we go through, God wants to what? Build our spiritual muscles. Many of us, if we see ourselves in the Spirit, oh my God, let me speak by faith. Some of you are giants. Let me talk from there first. Some of you are giants in the Spirit. But if you see some people in the Spirit, you don't pray, you don't have faith, you don't know God, you're like someone who has kwashoko. See yourself in the Spirit. Your tummy is huge. Your head is massive. Your neck is It's like mosquito. You are skinny in the spirit because you don't have mass. You don't have density. God wants to construct strength. He wants to construct capacity on the inside of you. And how does he? He sends you through this place. Now life life is already, the world is already bad. God doesn't have to even bring anything. The badness of the world will just come to you and God uses it as what? Training ground for you so imagine like all the things you're going through is to punch back punch punch yeah punch right all of you guys need to now punch in the journey of life and guess what happens to you as you punch through troubles you build you punch you build you punch you build how do you tension your muscles how do you tension how do you plank your body Do you understand? You plank your body by doing what? Press-ups. You keep the push-up. At the end, guess what happens? Strength enters your entire body frame, becomes stronger. Plank. Tell someone, plank. Push. Drive yourself. Take that dumbbell. Go for a walk in the spirit. Go for push yourself. If you lie down, you'll never get stronger. If you stay there, you'll never get out of it. Guess what? Begin the journey today. Take baby steps, may begin to build. God wants to construct a new level of power inside of you. The power you have will not take you to your destiny. God wants to construct strength on the inside of you. God wants to construct life on the inside of you. He wants you to rise up in his strength and his grace and journey forward and for the only way he can build more capacity in you is the things you go through once i was in a bad place and god said to me i've thrown you into the pit dig your way out you know what that means it means enter into a prayer project it means pick up yourself and quit like a man it means labor for that place where you are It means fight for your family. Do you understand? Power comes. Power comes from knowing what you've gone through. That through your adversity, you are powered up. By the time you stand up, some of you are broken right now, right? But the time you stand up from that place of affliction, the devil won't know what's coming to hit him. Say, Amen. The devil won't know what's coming for him the resolve in your spirit, the capacity on your inside, the strength that you pick up from going through this brokenness. It's not just about you. This is about your purpose in life. Some of you are in the fight for your life. Fight, fight. Tell someone fight. Build. Go forward. Take on the energy in the spirit. Take on power. Don't be lily liver. Don't be too weak. Don't this is not this is the time to rise up in the strength of Yahweh. And how does this start? It starts by a life of thanksgiving and praise. A life of gratitude and praise. A life of thanksgiving. A life of stopping to complain and begin to follow after God. And this and this guy now eventually got Habakkuk now. Got the memo. In the last verses of the book was when he got this memo and began to read this thing. And he now began to say, he now began to say, though my contract ends, Though my wife is inconsiderate of me. Though my husband is a crazy man. Though we don't have any money. Though house rent has expired. Though I don't know where I'm going to move my property to because everything is over. Though school fees have not been paid. And there is no food on the table. And the flock be cut off from the store. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. will join the God of my salvation. I will rejoice. Even when it's hard, I will rejoice. Even when there's brokenness around me, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Though the fig leaf don't blossom, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice. Hallelujah. Let's read this together the sovereign lord is my strength he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights this is not just about hyping you this actually declaring that god is my power god is my strength the sovereign lord is my life he is the grace i see he is my strength he makes me firm like a deer You know, have you ever seen a deer leap in the sky? It hits the ground, it flies. Actually, deers are some animals that fly without wings. No wings, just jump in the sky and it lands the same. Do you understand? He takes off with speed and excellence and he will tread upon the heights. Say, I'm going higher. I can't hear you. Say, I'm going higher. I'm going higher i'm going higher i'm going higher yes i am i'm going higher today i'm going higher yes i am going with jesus to stay i'm going above the shadows into the presence of god into the presence of jesus going higher today hallelujah say i'm going higher lift up your voice and lift up your hands i'm going higher i'm going past here i'm going past this challenge this challenge is not my name this problem is not me in the name of jesus christ i will rejoice in the lord I will put on holy strength. The life of God will be real in me. I will wake up in the grace and in the power of the supernatural. The hand of God will stand me up. I will rise up with holy strength. I will go forward. I shall not die but live. I will declare the glory of God. I will declare the power of my God. Brokenness is not my name. I will overcome brokenness. There is depression is not my name. I am bigger than depression. My soul will be healed by the Lord. My mind will be good. My emotions will be under my check. In the name of Jesus Christ, I will advance in the place where God causes me to advance. I will rise up with holy power. The supernatural grace will be upon me. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. Shout it out. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise. I will rise again. I will rise. God will place you upon your heights. God will raise up a citadel of power around you and place you on the throne, on the seat where you should be. The praise and the glory of his name because he is God. The yokes are broken this morning. The oppression is ending right now. The oppression is a haya. The chains are broken. The chains are broken yes you understand why you're going through you have a revelation that this pain is not just your name It's not just all about pain god is not ambassador he doesn't hate you he's a good father he's a good god he loves you he loves you he loves you he wants you to build muscle build muscle in the spirit build strength come back in the name of jesus christ come back to the place of grace come back to the place of life come back to the place of power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ He will make your feet like sure footed like the deer He will make you climb upon the heights the glory of God is here today to raise up the hurts and raise up the broken this morning in the name of Jesus Christ I declare the life of heaven and the glory of God I declare the presence of God and the power of the Holy One in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ you're strong you're strong on the inside. I declare a holy growl inside of you. I declare holy hunger after God. I declare righteousness will flow out of you. I declare new life. New life, new life. Yes, you went through death, but that's no more your name. The person died, but you are alive. And God has placed you in the land of the living. Rejoice in the Lord and put on holy strength. But there is yet an assignment for you. There is yet a work for you there is yet an opportunity for you in the land of the living you are made strong by the hands of the almighty the sovereign lord is your strength the sovereign lord is your strength the sovereign lord is your strength you are not weak you're just going through a phase you're not tired you're just going through a phase And this face, I begin to serve notice to this face. It's coming to an end now. In the name of Jesus, you begin to fly again. You begin to sow again. You begin to come into all that God has in store for you. Again, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hariyadostemere e salamba Bless you, O oh Lord, our God, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.eklesiahills.org or email us at elo.eklesiahills.org. At